but football without fans is not. You play a football match without fans, is it not? It can be the greatest game in the world, but there's no people there to watch it, it becomes nothing. And to Johnson. What a way to cut through that fucking defence, mate. Take your minute, and it wasn't even hacksaw. <laughs> Is that what you use on your pedicure during the week when you miss the podcast? Is that how you filed your nails done? Ooh. <laughs> fucking me. Oh, <laughs> what an intro, what an intro. Uh, welcome to Jungle Jim's podcast. St. Johnson and Celtic, and what a game, what a finish. It's no good for the heart, but we got there in the end. We came within a ball here away of having a total meltdown on the podcast, we were expecting to go in one each, but Jack Demarcus on the 95th minute, after having a torrid game, he gets the winner, and you could see how happy he was, uh, still getting over it, I, I, my heart is still racing, uh, McGinty, how do you sum up those last few minutes, we, we, we go down at the 92nd, 93rd minute, uh, they equalise, and then we get the winner like a minute later, two minutes later, fucking hell. Uh, unbelievable. I, I think I was watching a different game from you two during the, the, the chat and the, the WhatsApp. I think you used to were about ready for chucking the whole thing. Um, I thought overall it was a great game, but as it went on, you really wanted that second goal. Then they get the equaliser solely on, and it really was gut-wrenching. It was really, uh, you know, things were getting thrown at the window sort of sort of style. And what was it, 70 seconds later, Giamakis pops up with a beauty of a goal. I see beautiful goals, a big tap in, but we'll take it any which way they come. It's beautiful, right, and it's two, it's beautiful when it's 2 1. Oh, it was a brilliant feeling, Gavin. Brilliant feeling. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the, the by the way. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, get your comments coming in, and uh, we'll try and bring them up and uh, and, uh, and and talk to you about it. But going into the game, man, um, St. Johnson, I think they were ninth in the league. Uh, they'd already picked up three victories, one draw, and five losses. Um, but it's away from home and we've not been great domestically. We we drew um in the last or sorry, we, we we toiled to a victory against Motherwell in our last domestic fixture and prior to that before the international break. Uh we get beat 2-0 by St. Mirren. Um I was thinking about what kind of narrative we'd be driving today if we drop points because overall it wasn't a great performance. Um first half was was pretty good. Um, fucking hell, man. <laughs> the pole is still looking for Paddy with that fucking hack. So, you're looking like an absolute liability. I, the Scottish Jeffrey Dalmer. <laughs> keep that up and you'll be spending on Twitter, man. Um, but the second half, the second half going into it, um, we kind of fell away and w- w- we just looked riddled with anxiety. It was transmitting from the fans or to the, or to the players. And St. Johnson got their tails up. Their fans were, were seeing that they were kind of um, piling more and more pressure on us. 
And that's a common theme that I'm seeing in the past few domestic games. Um, but um, what I told you, O'Reilly and Hatati, with McGregor being out, they had a, a different type of responsibility, Paddy. How do you think that they coped with it today? Well, you know me, I'm a big fan of Hatati, and I thought it was I thought it was excellent again. A couple of, couple of points during the game, he was a bit quiet, as was a lot of the players. But I thought he coped really, really well. Um, O'Reilly, mm, I don't know. He's been very, very quiet for me in the last the last few weeks, especially. But as <laughs> as mate, the, the whole team has shown things that they need to improve vastly in areas. Um, but they. They played. They did. They did. But it is, I don't know, mate. It's a fucking victory. Yeah! Get Come on! Struggle. I, it was a struggle. You're right, CFC. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. Three points, man. Three points. That's that's what matters when we go into the next game after that. We've got, obviously, the Champions League midweek. And you can see that a few players were rested. Uh, McGinty, the actual um, lineup. So, heart and goals. Um... Um, a lot of people thought he would have been made captain. One question I'll pose to you after I run through the lineup is why do you think um, Hart wasn't made captain? Is it because some people don't like the goalkeeper's captain? Or do you think it is because some people, some people say that he's on a shaky peg and it would be a mixed message to give Hart the, the, the captaincy if Jack, if uh, Postacoglu was thinking of, of uh, replacing him with uh, Segrist. But apart from Hart, you've got Bernabe. Who I thought did very well today. He fills in ahead of Taylor. You've got Welsh who kept his place. Cameron Carter Vickers comes back. He takes the captaincy. And Ralston plays it right back. I believe that Jens had an illness. Um, and Hatate and O'Reilly, as we said, um, in the middle of the park. Then up front, you've got Jota and a badder on the wings. You've got Haxa, who played the number 10 position. That's an interesting role that he fulfilled today. And we'll get into that. And of course, Jack and Marcus. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, so what did you make of the what did you make of the lineup and the captaincy? So you're all arguing about should Hart have had the captain's captain's armband or not. I'm arguing should Hart have even been on the park. I seriously thought Seagrass would have started today. But that said, Hart had a great game, pulled off two fantastic saves to keep us in it, even though for the majority of the game, I don't think St. Johnston troubled us. They did for about a 15, 20 minute spell in the second half. And he came up trumps when we needed him. So fair play to Hart for that. I would say that Andrew's probably done the smart thing of taking the responsibility away from him. Let Carter Vickers come back in and Carter Vickers kind of organise and control that back line a lot better with the armband and with the uh, being the, the experienced presence in the back line, which Welsh is desperately needing to help him bring on the game. I think that speaks volumes about the, the manager's kind of opinion on the two backup centre-backs. That Jens is the one dropped in favour of Stephen Welsh. Definitely saw that in the last game as well. That Stephen Welsh looks the more capable defender and the more capable ball player over Jens. And I'm happy to see that that's the way we went. Berenby, I think he surprised us all today. Uh, I've always wanted to see him do well, but he's had a really hard start to his career here. But what a game he had. He, he was doing really fantastically well and he bring, brings in a great ball at the end there. Uh, going to the midfield, I think it was... a. Uh, a nice, pleasant change to see him changing up the formation more to a 4-2-3-1. Goby, O'Reilly and Hatati in the midfield. And I think today, although it wasn't the most prettiest of games, we definitely could have been five or six goals up by the end of that game. 
And I think that midfield showed that they can combat and compete at this level, at least as a two-man midfield rather than a three, and allow us to play somebody like Haktabanovic straight through the middle on that number 10, who was not only straight through the middle of number 10, all over the place on the left and right as well. I thought giving him that kind of freedom and ability to, to run through the defence, superb. Absolutely superb. Uh, get your comments coming in regarding Hart. Do you agree with McGinty on that? How do you think Hart performed today? And in light of his previous performances, would you have wanted him to retain his position? And also, do you think he should have got the captain's armband? Uh, Paddy, what do you ask you this? I think this time last year, we would have struggled to get the three points. Like, but we struggled to get the three points today. But last year, this is a game that we, we we would have drawn for sure, perhaps even worse. So, in retrospect, that this is how far we've came. And uh, do you think again, it's just us showing the market champions getting that, that goal right at the end? I'm still getting over that man. Well, listen, that's that's what champions need to do. Sometimes, mate, you need to grind it out. Sometimes, you need to get that wee bit of luck as well. But when you continue to keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away, sometimes you get the results. You get you you, you snatch the fruit off the tree, so to speak. But I, I don't think we can really detract away from the fact that what Frank Kennedy's saying here is absolutely spot on. Um, it was a, a amazing three points, but it was a shocking performance all in um, in general. And it's probably been it's been a wee bit of a trend in the last few weeks for Celtic. Obviously, it's the, the St. Murren game. We'll talk, we'll just talk domestically the new right because we all know what happened in Leipzig. But St. Murren was a very, very poor performance today. At times, it was a very, very poor performance as well. As, as well as having some positive plays, you know, I did like the I did like the fact that Haksabanovich was running through the middle. Just got to do this every time I mention him. Like Haksal was running through the middle, and he looks to be one of the kind of one of the kind of gallus guys, you know, full of, yeah. of self-confidence, probably one of the guys that you would really love to fucking punch in the face, you know, he's just that fucking full of yourself, but that's what you need sometimes when you're an attacking player, you need your guy to be confident, especially wingers, forward players, blah, 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 and I like the way he was taking guys on, he was having pops at goal for, for long range, he certainly done better than Jota in my opinion. You know, Abada was kind of in and out again. A couple of fucking absolute guilt-edge chances he missed again today. Uh, the second one, even more so than the first, because the first one, sometimes you can allow that, you know. He's tried to just open up his foot and let it kind of glide off and go into the goal. But the second one was one-on-one with the keeper and he's, he's fucked his chances again. But uh, sorry, mate, what was the question there? I'm fucking flabbing again. Well, just talking about the market champions, and uh, a lot of comments coming on. Uh, one guy, I think he said he's from Fiji, man. Uh, fucking brilliant to hear from you. I hope they're doing well. I wonder what the weather's mm-hmm. like. I like boss. Today, actually, I've got to say the conditions for football were good. The sun was out, although it was kind of in our faces in the first half. Um, the pitch seemed to be okay. Um, by the way, I know that what we're kind of talking about, the emotions at the end. See if we went in, if we dropped the points, then I would have been focusing on two very, very poor decisions right at the end. Now, we got we got a lot of offsides during the game, but there was one particular one right at the end where Jimmy Forrest, who made a really good contribution when he came on, I thought it was very, very positive, probably his best cameo appearance of the season. Forrest broke the um, the offside trap and he got in, and that baldy linesman gave it offside. I was furious about that. So I there's a think- comment further back. I'll see if I can find it. Somebody mentioned it as well. Uh, but the linesman, and I, right. I thought the exact same thing as what you're about to say. 
That is from UDEF. Matt Lucas' body lines would never missed much of the offsides, but missed the blatant handball. He definitely missed that handball, mm. but I'm 100% with you, Gavin. He missed James Forrest offside. He was through on goal, and he flagged that way too quickly for any kind of fit, um, advantage to be played, because he was clearly not offside. Uh-huh. And then the other one, a minute or so later, uh, McCarthy on about the, the, the halfway line on the left, he floated in a high ball to um, uh, to Jack Marcus, and it looked like three Celtic players to their one defender. And the guy fucking handballed it. He did a total Maradona. And the linesman mm-hmm. is right there. He was so in line with it. And nobody said a word. And like, ah, that was before uh, they, they uh, managed to equalise. I was about to pull out my hair, man. But fortunately, obviously, um, fate had it in our favour that we would win the game after that roller coaster right at the end. Um, I want to talk to you about who actually showed responsibility today. I thought Burnaby did fantastically well. You, you could have closed your eyes and just said, oh, that's that's Greg Taylor playing today. But Burnaby did really, really well. And he's he's been on the fringes. He's been watching Taylor. He's been training. He's been coached at the Ange way. I know that today he wasn't put, put under too much pressure defensively, but contributing to the team going forward, I thought he fitted in very, very nicely with the philosophy. I know that Welsh has been in the crosshairs of a lot of Celtic fans, rightly or wrongly so, but I thought today he wasn't a liability. I thought he was a little bit more quicker trying to kind of distribute possession. So Cameron Carter-Vickers, you know, who, who would you rather Who would you rather miss in a, in a, in a, in a away game? Kalmat or Cameron Carter-Vickers? And Ralston, I thought he did okay. Haksibanovic, I'm not going to go through everybody, but Haksibanovic and Hatati, they were my two favourite offensive players today. Um, Haksibanovic with that low centre of gravity, playing in the number 10 position. It could go left, it could go right. And Paddy, as you said, if you've got a fucking neck tag too, then you're going to be a bit of a ticket. And Hatati, Hatati, I just love watching him play. He gets better and better every game. Although he's got a wee mistake in him, I still love watching him play. So um, just just a few points there to, to you, Liam McGinty. Um, was there any players that you're disappointed with? Any players that you are really happy to watch? Um, I want to come back to your Cal Mack, Carter Vickers question in a minute. But yeah, players that I was impressed with, definitely agree with you. Benabai, fantastic. Haksabanovic, superb to see him get his start and through the middle. I think we see the type of player he really can be for us. Um, on that note, I think Maeda through the middle. Anytime we see Maeda being dangerous, getting his goal or almost getting his goal, it's when he's coming in the middle. And I think we we said it in the group chat, he's not a winger. Maeda's not a winger. And I would love to see him play through the middle, preferably in support with Giamakis, because I think that could work really well. Um, but yeah, Benabai, Haksabanovic, two best players for me, really impressed me. Uh, Hart impressed me as well. A couple of big, big saves when called upon. He he really stepped up to the mark today. No howlers in him. Brilliant to see. But go back to your Carter Vickers and your Kamak question. I think this was posed at the start of the game by the commentators as well. Like if if you're going to lose both of them, at least you've got Carter Vickers coming back in. And I think everybody can see that we need that leadership somewhere in the middle of the park, be it central defence or central midfield. And Carter Vickers definitely stepped up to the plate. And I think today although we weren't challenged too much until maybe the last 20 minutes of the game, I think it's showed today that there's a midfield there with Hatati, O'Reilly, possibly Haksabanovic, possibly even McCarthy, I dare say, who actually played not too bad when he came on. But there's a midfield that can be built without Kalmak. There's not a defensive partnership that can be built without Carter Vickers. 
because I don't think any of us would trust Jens, Starfelt or Welsh in any combination of those three. But if you put uh, Carter Vickers in there with any one of the others, I think we look instantly so much better and everybody becomes more sure of themselves on that park. Um, Harvey, going into the, the last 20 minutes, uh, without going into the green chronologically, the last 20 minutes, maybe even half an hour, um, it's a common theme. Celtic look to be getting tired. We take off some of our star performers. Um, Jota came off halfway, by the way. Um, Maida came on. Not too sure what that was about, if it was to uh, preserve him for the Champions League. But going into the last half an hour, 20 minutes, when we've only got a slim margin, um, a one-goal margin. It's a common theme now where there's anxiety that, that it's gone through the fans but not in the park and the other team have got their back up and, and, and they're, they're firing in the high balls and again, we lost an aerial an aerial duel um, that, that was the, um, the, the clearing goal. How do we combat that? Is the only way to combat it by ensuring that we're 2 a up, 3 a up going into that, that kind of period of the game? I think that's pretty much spot on with the manager's <clears throat> the manager's viewpoint, is it? That we should be two and up, three and up before we even get to that kind of point in the game. Because as it stands in now, with this current Celtic team in this moment, you know, like when we are when we're not that far in front at this point in a game, none of us are confident that we're going to you know, see it through because our defence is still dodgy. We're still getting players like Stevie May chances to run one-on-one with Joe Hart. Thank fuck for the post. Um, we really need to, we, we need to start being more clinical up front and we need to start being more clinical at the back as a collective. The the, the fullbacks need to do their job more defensively. They're, listen, they're, they're doing a fine job going forward, but again, we're still looking pretty fucking weak at times in, in defence. Carter Vickers, for me, is the only guy who's a solid, solid, old-school defender. You know, he uses his physicality, he uses his strength, he uses his, his kind of cunning, if you want. He, he clears the ball, he clears the lines. Other guys are still wanting to pass it about and do the kind of nice, fancy stuff. We need a few more ugly performances for some players. Um, Jackie Marcus is the kind of opposite, up, excuse me, he's the opposite up the end. Uh, from well, I can't have Vickers. He's, he's the same up there. He's, he's the same up the opposite end. Sorry, is what I'm trying to say. He's that kind of big bully kind of forward player that we need. Kyogo's been doing a great job. He's been an absolute fantastic player for us. But there's still too many times where we've got one guy up front just running about chasing the ball, as opposed to having a guy in the box or there or thereabouts and getting service into him. We've got a guy there who will score 20 goals a season. I've got absolutely no doubt about that, Jackie Marcus. But what he's not getting is the service. When he's playing, he's been asked to play Kyogo's role, i.e. running about the pitch trying to press, press players. Leave that to guys like Haksabanovic, your Jotas, your Maedas. Let him go into the box and do his thing. Just do the simple things, mate. The very, very simple, simplistic, basic fucking things in football. And it's the same at the back as well. If the ball's coming in, clear it. If you're up against a physical defender, then you'd be fucking twice as physical as he is. If he's dirty, you'd be dirtier. Do it. And do it fucking no nonsense. Um, going into the the flashpoints of the actual game, um, uh, I think there's an air of expectancy from our Celtic fans that we need that early goal. We want, we demand that early goal. And um, uh, coming at the Kaiser before I kind of finish up a point, eighty percent possession in the first half. 
uh, half changes and stagnated the team again. I've seen Milk turn faster and a freezer than Moy. He stagnates the midfield. He's not the answer. Yeah, 80% possession in the first half and overall in the game, 75% possession for Celtic. Um, I'll continue on with the stats since uh, we've got that thing going. They had eight shots. We had 11 shots. But shots on target, they had three shots on target. We had four. And Connor, they had two. We had eight. We have seen at the very start of the season that we've been clinical converting corner kicks. And whenever we, we see eight corner kicks, I want you to see us cause a little bit more damage. Even people at Welsh, who's not the tallest of centre backs, he's already scored a corner kick this, this season. But I want you to see more of that. But going back into the, the flashpoints, um, it was a strong start for Celtic. Within about five minutes, Bernabe and Hattati bought a very, very good one two in the box. And uh, Bernabe crossed in a tantalising ball right across the face of goal, but nobody was falling out of the back post. A couple of minutes later, and again, I know that Abada and Manda are people who that we talk about not converting chances. We're talking about confidence, and they seem to just rotate um, in the team. You know, nobody's really getting the bull by the horns, these two players in particular. Uh, but Abada he missed a guilt-edged chance in eight minutes after being played in by Jota from the left flank. He just made the wrong contact and it, it sailed miserably over the bar. Um, O'Reilly had that brilliant low-curling effort, which their keeper turned by the post. And on the, the goal, the uh, 42nd minute, Haxabanovic, she forced an own goal after a, a dangerous pass um, into the six-yard box. It came from intricate play on the right flank. And that really culminated from Hatati's reverse pass. It was a, a great goal. Haksabanovic celebrated like the uh, his goal. But that's what we needed. They settled in there. I was going into half time. It was a bit strange though, going into half time because my dad came on for Jota. I, I, I raised that point earlier. McGinty Junkets just persevering of uh, preserving Jota for the Champions League. I think it is. Um, watching the game last weekend, again, weekend against Motherwell, Jota was blown out his arse. He, he wasn't able to press in the last 10 minutes or so. He he wasn't looking for the pass. I think it was McGregor trying to find the pass from, from him as well at one point. Or somebody was. Um, he, he's blown at his ass. He needs a bit of a rest, which is real because we just had an international break and I'm pretty sure that he didn't, he didn't play anywhere. But I think that's probably precautionary. Take him off at halftime because you've got somebody who should be capable in Maeda. Although I do agree with a comment that Paddy had up a minute ago. You probably wait until you're 2-0 up or so before you make those kind of big changes. But sometimes you can't sometimes you can't make that that wait because you need something else to happen. Maeda for Jotter should be a simple enough changeover. It shouldn't lose his control of the game. And it didn't really. It was the other changes that did. Um but yeah, for me, Jotter, that was just precautionary, surely. He didn't look off the boil too badly. He was linking up quite well with Hatati and Benabai on the left. So there's promising things there. He's had a lot worse games than that to be not from. So, yeah, precautionary. Paddy, if you keep that comment up for Palman, uh, who's a big Giacomacchus fan, how do we get the best Giacomacchus? There was a point made by Woodsy um, during the game to myself that he said that Giacomacchus uh, looks as if he's just not playing regularly, but his, his touch is off. How do we get the best Giacomacchus? Uh, what type of delivery do you think he thrives upon? Well, to get the best out of Jack and he needs to be playing regularly. Now, I know obviously that's going to be a conundrum for the manager because Kyogo's has signed him. Obviously, as is Jack and Marcus, but he knows Kyogo. He likes Kyogo. But 
that's Kyogo's game's all about pressing, and Kyogo can score a goal for anywhere. He can score a goal for outside the box, he can score at 25 yards out, whatever. Jackie Marcus is a bull, right? He's an absolute bull. He's an old school, old fashioned centre forward. He's one of these guys that likes to go and fucking uh, shoulder the, the, the defenders. He likes to bully them. But in terms of his goal scoring, he's a penalty box guy. He really is. You know, so the, be the, the best way to get goals out of Jackie Marcus is to play Jackie Marcus for a start, keep him almost as much as possible in the penalty box. Let Get the service into them. You've got guys like Jota, you've got guys like Maeda, you've got guys like Abada. They're the guys that's doing all the running. We don't need another guy to be running about the park trying to collect the ball. The day we had, a, we, we played, what, 4-2-3-1, starting half with. So right away behind Jackie Marcus, you've got three, three guys. <laughs> three guys. <laughs> you've got three guys running about. Get the service into him. Let him be a striker and get the service into him. It just didn't happen. And you can see when he's trying to run back, he's trying to chase the ball, he's trying to win possession. And he's he's getting frustrated. He's not getting the chances as well. I know he scored a goal uh, earlier on for a, a cross from, who was it, O'Reilly? From a free kick, which was, was ruled offside. Actually, it was correctly ruled offside. But he's a, he's a guy, he's a striker. Every striker plays on confidence. You know, and if you're not getting regular game time, you're not getting the chance to score goals. And you can't do that as well by getting flung on the last 10 minutes and being asked to go and play another guy's game, because that's what happens. Jackie Marcus gets flung on with, with 10 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go, five minutes to go, and he's asked to go and chase the ball and be a be another Disney guy over. It's still fair for me. And I think I really do think that the manager's going to have to figure out some sort of a way, some sort of a system to get Jackie Marcus into the game more, to start him more. And if that means potentially moving Kyogo to position, I would go with that now because I don't think Kyogo's really been on the ball. Um, and I would I would really like to see Jackie Marcus get the start. And look at what he can do, mate, when he gets the service, as we know, as we saw. Yeah, um, I remember the last conversation I had with my dad about Jackie Marcus was he, he, he thinks that Jackie Marcus might be pushing for a move in the summer. Just his own thought because well, he's a great player. But... So I ain't saying that, oh, we're in the Champions League, but if you're not playing in the Champions League, if you're not starting these games, you know, you know what's what's the point of playing for Celtic if you're on the bench? From that striker's point of view, you know, every every player's got an ego and they want to be playing. Uh, talking about Jack and Marcus, there was one particular moment that he went in for an aerial duel with one of their young players. They looked like a teenager. Um, the, the Ukrainian boy, um, and mm. when you get absolutely crunched, and when you get back up, the camera pans his face. It genuinely looked like he was green walking away. I shouldn't laugh, but Jack and Marcus is a big lump of boy. But that that same player, that Ukrainian boy, early in the second half, um, there was a possible red card claim against him. Again, I think we were talking about it. He was trying to defend the ball from Hatati behind him. And he had a wee look behind him over his shoulder to see Hatati. And then he raised the elbow and Hatati went down. I, I think he got the yellow. Yeah, he got the yellow. But you've seen it given as a red card. Whether there's malicious intent or not, why would you raise your elbow after seeing the guy playing behind you? Sorry, I, I think I missed that. Did he actually get the yellow for the elbow? He got the yellow for the elbow. but So the ref's seen it, so it's a red. 
Because as you just said, and we said in the group chat, he turns and he looks over his shoulder. He sees exactly where Hitachi is. He's not looking where the ball is. He lifts his arm and he puts a point out. He doesn't make it like that, of course, but he lifts his arm and he puts a point out and he leaves it up there. It's a red card. If the ref's seen it and has deemed it a foul, the only foul there is the elbow to the face. So it's a red card. No other question. Chapter Matthew plays his muscles, and that's good, guys. Exactly. Um, right, okay, wholesale changes later on. Uh, Abilgard, Moyne, and Jimmy Forrest came on for O'Reilly, Abada, and Tatati. I've got to say, I hope people agree with me. Or tell me if you disagree. I thought Forrest had a positive impact. Um, the biggest impact he's made so far uh, this season, which is not saying much. Uh, I thought Moy. I had high hopes for Moy. I actually made the statement, I think I'm. <laughs> Go on, Frank, get back. <laughs> I'm not saying about Moy that you could have as big an impact as Chris Commons if things go well, or otherwise you'll just be a regular squad player. And at the moment, Moy is doing fuck all, man. He looks as slow as what Scott Brown was in his final season. And Abiel Garth. I've got reasonably high hopes for him, but he'd only played one game in the last four months. Um, but well, Steve... We'll see, we'll, we'll see talking about him, Gav. I, I know I said it to you before we started. McGinty, did you notice, um, if you were watching the game on Sky Sports, did you hear that Ian Crocker pronouncing Abelgard's name? It's the fucking most bizarre thing I've ever heard. I, I can't even, I can't even do it back to you because it's... it's I, 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 I did take... I'll, I'll do it back for you. So we all know this, this guy's name looks like Abelgard and fucking Ian Crocker's pronounced them as Abligal. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely weird. If, if you're going to do anything, it's a, a build guard, but squash it all together or something. But he, he, I have mind to listen to it, and he was absolutely chronic with it. But then Scottish pronunciations of any player that comes to this land usually butcher the hell out of it before we actually master it at some stage. Says, the question <laughs> is, what the fuck is going on? With Forrest's shoulders. Um, well, obviously, that's because he doesn't have a neck, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, not everybody's blessed with shoulders, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Stevie, there you, there, there you go, there's Red saying it as well. The guy on BBC Sports Sound is calling him Abiel Gore. Abiel Gore. Maybe that is his name, maybe weird. Just fucking look like dicks here. Never know, never know, mate. Um, I so what I was going to say was uh, Stephen May um, I caused a bit of problems with the Cameron Carter Vickers and uh, Hart had to turn his effort onto the post um, so I know that Hart's been coming in for a bit of stick but got to give him his, uh, his, his credit there he did get a big hand to preserve the lead and he was just causing more and more uh, chances and unfortunately um, one one particular moment which really pissed me off with Jack and Marcus 83rd minute. He received the ball with his back to goal. He had the defender behind him, but he was in the box and Maida was making an angle to receive a pass and Jack and Marcus, he, he just, he, he, he passed a, a terrible, a terrible ball to, to Maida and Maida was nowhere near there. And at that point, I was thinking that just sums up our performance, Jack and Marcus's performance. Um, there was no cohesion, there was no thought behind that. And maybe it's just a case of you need more games um, because a lack of match sharpness, that's symptomatic of it. Of course, um, we won the game in the end, Jack and Matt scored. Um, 
So what do you think, McGinty, uh, Postacoglu will be saying to the players in the dressing room? Not to the media, but in the dressing room. I think he'll be happy with it. I think he'll, he'll go through some players. And do you think one thing that uh, he, he really levelled as a criticism to the players in midweek was we were too, too happy to pass it back to her. We should be going forward more often. So, I, I think he'll congratulate them. I think he'll say, well done, job well done. I think he'll, he'll give a few of them a pat on the back and a few of them will get a nudge of, that's what I need to see more of as we go forward. As you said, he, he was very quick and very right to criticise some of the players for the happy passing around the back, especially between Jens, Welsh and Hart. We saw very little of that today. It did happen, but you can't not do that at some point in a game of football. But we didn't see it too often. We didn't see it to the detriment of us not trying to attack. Now, I know we all sat watching that game in the last 10, 15 minutes, screaming out for the second goal, went one one each, and we all bloody hands, uh, heads in your hands are all about to, to turn the TV off at one point. We get the late winner. It's brilliant. But see if you go back to what you were saying earlier, Gavin, about breaking down the flashpoints of the game, we had a few opportunities. Abada should have scored in the first couple of minutes. Giamaka should have had a penalty when Constantine's two hands pushing up on him. It's a clear penalty every day of the week. Abada should have rounded the keeper yet again. A comment that we need to keep throwing at Abada. He needs to learn how to round a keeper. I love him, but he needs to learn how to be a keeper. Could have had another one there. Giamakis could have had another one late on in the game. O'Reilly hits the post. Haksabanovic bounces the ball in front of the keeper. We had a lot of good chances. Maeda late on as well, running in through the middle. Very unlucky not to see the ball bounce into the back of the net. Forrest wrongly called offside. Ange will look at that game. He will look at the stats and he will look at what the game he saw and he will say that could have been five, six, seven goals. It wasn't. And we were hairy at the end. But we'll take the win because that's what you want to see at the end of the day. You have to grind some of the results out, but he'll be happy with the performance for most of the players. He'll give a few of them a good pat on the back and compare it, can contrast to the last few weeks with Carter Vickers being out. We've looked a lot more assured and we looked like we we're trying to play our game a lot better and be a lot more high tempo, a lot more pressing. So I think he'll be happy. Azuma. Good stuff, McGinty. Um, uh, like your comments for that one. Uh, Paddy, a few positives for me, and I think I'm just kind of echoing the comments. Burnaby, we've got a player with Burnaby. He's, again, we've not seen him really te tested defensively, but offensively. He's fitting into the system. I thought he did himself no harm in terms of chances for, for future appearances. I'm glad that there's good competition now there for Taylor. Um, Forrest, I've said that a few times already, Forrest is not a complete liability. He did some damage. He made some good passes. He managed to drop his considerable shoulders and actually get past some players. Um, he's not a liability. He can offer something to the team, maybe from not... Um, the, the, from a starting build, but he can come on and make a difference. I want to see more of that. And Paxibanovic, another positive uh, to see if you, you agree. Number 10, very interesting. I don't think he's good on the right. He is suited to the left, but number 10 in the middle behind the striker, food for thought. So, bearing on that with those positives, uh, do you think Ange might continue with the 4 2 3 1 going into Europe in midweek, or do you think we'll go back to the 4 3 3? It's a very, very good question. Um, obviously, with, with Callum McGregor being out, that's kind of scuffled his, his plans, potentially. You know, is he going to stick with the 4-3-3 and bring in possibly Turnbull? 
or Amoy and push like a Hatati or O'Reilly on. I don't know. But on the basis of the day and on the basis of the last few games, I would actually prefer that we went with the 4 2 3 1 because I think O'Reilly, who has been the kind of the more focal player and the midfielder or the, the more forward of the three, I think he's looked quite slow and cumbersome, to be honest with you. And he looks he kind of looks as if he tires very, very early. Um so we lose a bit we lose a bit of speed and we lose a bit of kind of dynamicism or dynam, 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 dynamic fucking play. Um but we saw that today for Haksabanovich. Sorry guys, just pulling my comedy props again. We saw that today for Hacksaw that he's a guy who wants to run at defenders, he wants to produce something, he wants to be that snarling fucking animal that if he was playing against you, you would absolutely hate him. Can I ask, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but see if we brought that guy, Fanny, who we were linked with in the summer, what sort of prop would you have brought out for this? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Surely Paddy would just be his own prop. Oh. Sorry, Paddy, sorry, sorry. Listen, I, can't, I cannot actually believe you called me a Fanny when you're sitting there looking like an extra for the Amber Heard deposition on camera. <laughs> No comment. You look, as uh, fucking, no comment. you look as if you're sitting there getting videoed after the FBI for fucking questioning. I just kind of let any of you know where I am. No no hint to my location. You know, it's the top secret location that I'm in. Aye. Sorry, we'll, we'll see <laughs> that soon. Um, no, listen, I, 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 like, I like the kind of forward thinking play for, for Haksabanovich. Um, very, very good. So, I yes, I would, I, would, I would have went with that, mate. I think... I think he might stick with it a little bit or, or tweak into it during a game. If you think back to last season, we were commonly playing um they're commonly playing McGregor, O'Reilly and Rogic or Turnbull and Rogic and playing the three midfield with an attacking front. Whereas this season we're playing it with a, a more of a defensive front. It's not in there. <laughs> Again, no comment. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so I think he might tweak it up and go for the more attacking approach. I mean, Andrew's all about attacking it and intensity going forward. Haksabanovich through the middle as a number 10 brings that to the game. I think we might see that a bit more often going forward, especially Kalmar being out. Hi. Guys, onwards and upwards, we've got the three points, top of the league. And the onus is on ugly bastards to get um, a point or two today. Uh, good thing we nicked that in the end. Uh, wouldn't have ruled the other lot scoring as early as they did. Uh, fuck, you know, four minutes or anything. Oh, fuck him. Mm. Well, we've got, and that's all we can do. Worry about ourselves. Um, but next game is midweek Champions League, and it's the, the final of the double header against uh, the Energy Brinks uh, Football Club. Um, we need to be at our best, we need to be at our very, very best to, to, to get a few points. And that uh, is the battle for second place. Uh, we'll keep that alive if we do get a few points. Um, Paddy, what's your optimism levels for that one? I am I'm actually not as optimistic as I was, to be honest with you. This game is one of, it's a must win. It is a must win, regardless of anything, anybody else's opinions, is a must win. <laughs> when you go, I need to go and win. Um, 
I don't know, mate. We, attacking wise, we're going to have to be very, very clinical, more clinical than we ever have been. Um, and at the back, we're probably going to have to depend on guys like Stephen Welsh again, partner Vickers, which is a, probably a better, a better option for him to be to be beside. Um, everybody's just going to have to step it up, mate, and hopefully the atmosphere of the Celtic Park gives us that extra bonus, and hopefully we take our chances. Fingers crossed. Step up, including the Celtic, uh, Celtic fans as well. Uh, we need to we need to convert that that atmosphere into three points. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, any final comments uh, for the two of you before we finish up for today? No, I, I would like to echo what Paddy's just saying about going into the next game. Uh, I'm not as confident as I was probably two weeks ago, but I'm a little bit more confident today than I was two days ago. Two days ago, you knew that you'd lost McGregor. We weren't sure if Carter Vickers was actually going to be back. We now do know that uh, Carter Vickers is back, and we do know that the midfield can work to some degree without Cal McGregor. So I'm a little bit more confident. However, as, as Paddy says, we need to be so much more clinical. We can't waste chances. We need to be more direct. We need to start hitting the balls Stop trying to pass it into the six-yard box and hoping to get a toe on the end of it. We need to start taking a bit more shots and taking our opportunities when we can. If it opens up a bit of space, take the shot. The keeper's there to be beat at times. I presume they're probably going to be going back to their reserve goalkeeper and not the starting one after he's uh, coming off injured. I don't imagine he would be back so quickly. But as long as we take our chances, there's optimism in there. We can't have Vickers being back. Welsh is decent. He's not the greatest, but he's decent. And being managed alongside... Records, yeah, there's confidence. I'm not as confident as two weeks ago, but I'm more confident than I was two days ago. Well, I thought about what does away. And to answer your, your question, uh, the attack from the goalkeeper, he's out for the end of the season. Is he that long? But fuck it, uh, that game will take care of itself, you know what I mean? Um, well, just, I, just, just before we shoot off, mate, uh, obviously there was a couple of comments very, very earlier on. We're, we're kind of going to try and leave it at the end. Uh, there is a wee bit of talk on social media today, uh, and it's regarding Frank McGalvey. Now, obviously, we don't know how kind of real this is, or if it's maybe just social media talk. But it appears as if he's kind of seems as if he's battling some sort of illness now. Uh, I won't really go into it, what it is. But if if he is, then obviously we we send our best wishes to him uh, and hope hope he's gets well and it's okay. I another person. We had Tommy Sheridan on uh, what last year, and he's the other half of um, I'm Frankie Tommy podcast. And um, you know, he's still a young man, you know what I mean? So, hope everything's going well for him and his family. Uh, he's getting the best medical care. Right? Um, so, to the viewers, thank you so, so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, for this afternoon, even. And if you're still with us, go ahead and give us that thumbs up, please. We'll always do it at the end when we really should kind of try and appreciate it at the start. Hope you're all doing well. Hit the thumbs up. Uh, give us a wee comment afterwards. And um, onward and upward. Three points a day. That's all we can ask for. Thank you. And here, here, guys. Come on. <laughs>